0: Good morning. 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 We're going to start with just a few minutes of um, movement. And so I invite you to um, adjust the movement to however your body can do it. We all have different bodies. That sounds too loud. Is that too loud? loud. Uh, We all have different abilities, and so just modify whatever the movement is so that you're comfortable with it. This is just to help you bring your attention into the body. And you could do these sitting down. You could do it standing up if you want to. Whatever's comfortable. It's a small room, so I don't know about lying down. <laughs> so, But really respect what is comfortable for you and what's not comfortable for you. So just taking a moment and finding a a base with your two feet apart to support you and letting your eyes close, sensing into the body. I just want to read two lines from a poem by David Wagner. Stand still. The trees ahead and the bushes beside you are not lost. Wherever you are is called here. So just finding a space... Or what here is for you, and taking a few deep, intentionally deep breaths. Maybe long, slow breaths in and breath out. Allowing your arms to be at your side. Kind of shaking your hands just to bring some awareness to any tension that you're holding into the body. Rocking back and forth in your chair or if you're standing, just to find a place of stability and balance.
1: And then very gently, however
0: you can do it in the small space, just raising both hands above your head slowly, everything slowly so that you're paying attention to what it feels like. And stretching up, breathing in, and then lowering your hands and breathing out. One more time, slowly, breathing in, reaching up, whatever' comfortable for you, Relaxing.
1: And then putting your attention on your head, letting your
0: head gently fall to one side. So there's a gentle stretch. Then when you're ready,
1: moving it to the other side. And then slowly letting your,
0: ho- your head rotate in a circle one way or the
1: other. And back in the other direction.
0: Letting your head come back to an upright position between your shoulders. And raising your shoulders up towards the sky. Breathing in. Then breathing out and letting your shoulders drop. One more time. And when you breathe out this time, just making an audible sound. And then let's see, space. Allowing your one hand to in front of you, if it's possible, horizontal. Taking the other hand on the outside and pulling your arm towards your center for a stretch in your upper back and shoulder. Breathing in and breathing out and relaxing. Then the other arm, same stretch and relaxing. Maybe sitting down. We'll just do two more quick stretches. Taking your um, once you're seated, leaning forward and taking your hands and grabbing your ankles, and allowing your body to fall forward in a comfortable position. Not. Trying to compete or touch the floor. But just a gentle stretch forward, feeling your body. And then upright.
1: And one more time. Feeling the stretch. And then upright.
0: Then, let's see if this is possible. If you are able to cross your leg, doing the same kind of stretch, but holding on to your leg and just gently pulling towards your leg. Relaxing.
1: And the opposite leg.
0: Pulling towards your leg. relaxing, feet just on the ground, bringing your attention into the body, body is full of sensations, feeling the sensation of the body seated on the cushion or in the chair, If you could sense into the spaciousness and aliveness of the body, where it comes into contact with the chair, comes into contact with the floor. Feeling whatever sensations of tingling, vibration,
1: pulsing. Then ending with a deep breath in, breath out, feeling into the
0: heart space, maybe feeling a slight smile at the heart. Just ending with a reflection on how is my heart feeling? What is my intention
1: for being here today? Thank you. Greetings. Hi, everyone. It's really
2: lovely, uh, lovely that you are here. And I just wanted to check in with you around seating, th- that um, that you are comfortable where you are. And um, if you feel like you're in the wrong place, pe- please feel free to move to another place or... Um, uh, just to make sure that where you are feels okay, yeah, great, yeah, and there's, there are cushions, there are more cushions here, and these are chairs that you can be on the floor, there's another seat in the front, a couple of seats in front, if you like to be in front, um, so great, just making sure that you're comfortable,
3: yeah.
2: And uh, then each of us wanted to take a, f- a few moments t- um, to welcome you. And I wanted to begin. Uh, uh, my name's Arena, and um, uh, I, I feel uh, moved and s- just really. Honored or graced that each one of you have come here today because this work we know even when we've done it a lot um, and for many years is difficult work and we do it because it actually opens our hearts and brings us home to more of who we really are rather than the constructions and conditioning that we've unconsciously inherited. And so it is deeply part of the Buddhist teachings of liberation. And that calling that each of us have to find out or to live more freely in the stream of life, I. I want to honor that because it's that, that's one way of naming why we're here. And exploring what the obstructions to that are, right? What, what's stopping us from inhabiting more fully l- life? And so that's what we're going to do today. And um, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll explore that more deeply. I wanted to also welcome whatever you're feeling right now. Nervous, tired, oh my God, what am I doing here? Claustrophobic, you know? (laughs) The registration was 30 and we're more than that, so we're in the small room. So um, that feeling or uh, happy, whatever it is, just eclectic. Inviting the our inner inner life into the room, and then I want, yeah, for us to know that whatever we're presenting, we are acknowledging there's an inner life and that it's welcome that yeah. In this room, we don't have to pretend. That's really important. And then I want to welcome the diversity in this room, and gender, and gender fluidity, and age, and uh, sexual orientation. I don't like that word, really, but I don't know what another good word is. And uh, just whether we were born in another country or in this country, whether English is our first language or not, just to welcome that that is also living inside of us. I know I've gone over my time. (laughs) Welcome.
4: Do just use this? I think, is that on? That's yeah. working? Hi, good morning, everybody. My name is Suzanne, and I um, really echo what Irina is saying. I'm so glad to see you all here, and I'm so glad that we're more than 30, even if we're squished together in this room. We are, we are in the same boat. We're in the same skin. So it's really great that, um, that you all wanted to be here this morning. I really wanted to be here this morning, too. And um, I love doing this work. Right. I have found so much freedom from doing this work, and it is hard work. I do agree with that. Um, but I just wouldn't choose it any other way. And so wherever you are on the journey, just also to really welcome that. Um, my prayer every morning is to heal this heart as it relates to other hearts. Right, So like I, that is so much in line with this work that we're doing. It's how do I live in the world um, honoring my own heart and honoring the other hearts of, of the people I connect with, and in all, all, all of our different forms, right? Um, yeah, it can be really challenging, and um, yeah, I just want to honor us for for taking a beautiful Saturday to be together, and um, grateful to Spirit Rock for inviting us to do this work here. Yeah, I think that's all I've got. Thank
0: you. My name is Baruch. Um, It's nice to see you all. Glad you're here. We always have a choice whether we want to do this work or not. We can step on the path to doing the work or we could step off. So it's very inspiring to see a bunch of people who are interested in this process of waking up around... Our white privilege. We don't have to. So, thank you for being here. Um, I hope you have great benefit from the day.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Thanks. Let's go around the room because it's really nice to hear our voices before we begin.
5: And yes. We can like
6: this yeah. is like
2: a Good. talking piece. And called. maybe you can say your name, where you come from, where you're living, that is, and one quality you would like to call into being for this day um, courage, patience, generosity, non judgmental mind, whatever it is. So. Is there any- Blessing our room. Anyone to want to start? Trevor looks ready. Yeah, he did look ready. Didn't yeah.
3: He?
4: <laughs> <laughs> and a quality that you want to invite in for this right. day. Yes. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. We're doing beautiful. The yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much. To soak it. that in, yeah. I think that was great. So just um, we all brought such beautiful intentions. So if we just just have a
1: mindful moment to let all of those beautiful intentions land here. Thank you. So um, we're going to just go over
4: some uh, communication agreements for the day. And um, so and maybe I'm going to shift that a little so folks can see. Yeah, 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 that's where it is. That, can you kind of see it from there? Yeah, ish? Okay. Um, and I'm going to, we're, we're going back and oh, forth? Good. Yeah. No. Okay, great. So the first one, um, try it on. We're going to invite you to do some different things today, right? So um, I heard some people inviting, you know, willingness and surprise and this kind of thing. So just really to um, maybe we're going to ask you to do something that feels uncomfortable, right? So try it on a different way of thinking. Try it on just to bring that willingness, um, your, your willingness to take risks. I think it's brought a lot of people here to do that,
3: right?
1: <clears throat> I just want to say that um, the purpose of the communication agreements is to provide I like the metaphor uh, from the metasuta of um, the line that says imagine that the three of us have our arms wrapped around you
0: because if you're really doing the work, you are probably going to make mistakes. (laughs) And when we make mistakes, all kinds of interesting things can come up. So we are giving you permission to make mistakes,
1: to stop, and be accountable.
4: Thanks. Yeah. And so it leads really into the next one, intent versus impact. How many people are familiar with that? Right. I think it's in a lot of trainings of this kind of work and just in any way we can have this experience. I intended you to hear it like this, but the impact was something completely different. Right. And so being able to discern the difference between those and if your impact actually was harmful to somebody that you're you're willing to hear that. Number, I mean I think number one is the most important thing. you can take the feedback right and let it let it touch you, right? If you can do something to mitigate any harm, that's great. Sometimes we can, sometimes we can't. but I think a first step really is just being able to say, "Wow, okay, that landed differently than I intended, and really having another person understand that you got that mm-hmm. It's a practice for every day.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So the next one is take space, make space. So this is just bringing
1: awareness to how much space we occupy in the room and our our willingness. Um, And then we'll honor our confidentiality of this space. So, um, you know,
4: whatever we talk about here, we might share things that are vulnerable, that we're agreeing to leave those things in the room. If you happen to see somebody from this workshop at the grocery store, you know, a week from now, that we're not going to walk up to them and say, hey, that thing you said, right? We can ask, you know, is it okay if I... Check in with you about something that I heard, um, but just again, really creating a safe space that we can actually sh- we can show up here and do the work that we need to do, and know that that's going to be held in confidence. Yeah.
1: Sorry. Yeah. And um. Involves vulnerability, it involves some transparency. in this moment. And then, and listening from the heart, I think I heard from a number of people, how do
4: I um, bring that quality of non-judgment? And I would offer listening from the heart as another way to do that, so that we, if we hear, sometimes we hear things from other people and we feel kind of a little wince about it, can you filter it through your heart and see if you can hear it differently? Yeah. I shall be or somebody
1: Okay, now the mic's on. Thank you.
0: <laughs> now everyone can hear me. Yeah. So just finding a, whatever position will support you for this the next 20 minutes. This is an embodied type of work, so we want to. I want to give you some instructions for bringing the attention into the body. The body is a refuge for us when we do this kind of work. Always a great place to go when we're doing it. So allowing your eyes to close.
1: Coming into stillness. Collecting the attention.
0: Opening in the most simple way of breathing together, consciously beginning with one long, deep inhale,
1: and then a slow exhale.
0: Feeling the sensation of letting go, letting go.
1: Another full deep breath in, and the out breath,
0: perhaps aware of the sensations of relaxing, releasing,
1: letting go. So, Letting the breath resume its normal cycle.
0: Relaxing into the in-breath
1: and the out-breath. On the next breath, as you breathe in,
0: when you breathe out, see if you could soften down the length of your body.
1: Noticing places of tension. Inclining towards relaxing. Noticing the degree of presence that's here for you. The senses awake so that you are aware of the sounds around you. Inner listening to
0: and feeling of the sensations in the seated position, in the sitting position. Bringing
1: awareness to what it's like to be here now. Sensing
0: into the state of your heart right now. The simple inquiry of, how does my heart feel? Noticing if there's a quality of openness, tenderness, fear, numbness, contraction or softness.
1: So listening to and feeling into the heart. Again, just Simple inquiry What are my aspirations for being here?
0: My intention for being at this day long?
1: Or in my life right now? And just know, noticing that everything is in a constant state of flux. bringing awareness to the eyes, letting the brow be smooth. Notice whatever tension is there,
0: a lot of agitated thinking,
1: relaxing the jaw, all the muscles on the face. just feeling into the body, beginning with the shoulders. Allowing the attention to go into the chest. <laughs> and into the legs, just noticing that this body is full of sensations. dancing into the presence.
2: I keep actually wanting to switch the schedule around. (laughs) Let me confer again with my colleagues here.
1: So what we'd like to do is to
2: invite you into three sims and um, preferably with some two people that you don't know. And we'd like you to... Oh, who's introducing this? Thank you, thank you. Okay, go ahead.
4: And maybe... Um,
1: Hello. Okay, good. Um, so, yeah, I think it works maybe if you...
4: I gonna. there's going to be a guided reflection before we speak in a triad. And so maybe if we take a moment right now and you kind of look around and make eye contact, kind of make the plan of who your triad's going to be and if you need to scoot a little. But then we're going to go inside for a moment. So do that work first. If there's anybody that's... if Raise your hand if you're looking for a triad right now. So it looks like... And maybe people can pull a cushion and... Anybody else? Raise your hand if you don't have your triad. Okay. So then... Um, are, we, are you looking for a triad? Is there a... So is there anybody else that's... Outside of a triad at this moment, then we'll have a group of four, no problem. I think that they they have somebody that's going to move. Okay, beautiful. Okay, so now, is there
1: is there you're a fourth?
4: so you have you're you're at this point on your own or yes okay so maybe there's a group of 2 instead of a group of 4 so i can i don't remember your name I'm janet. janet and, L- and lorena mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. lorena so maybe what you can stay where you are now and when we are ready to talk you can come back together okay beautiful okay so um so we're going to go actually back inside and i would even invite you to close your eyes just for a reflection right now So that you, yeah, just kind of come back to that presence that we were just cultivating in our sit. And I'm going to invite a reflection um, of qualities within ourselves that we appreciate. I would say beautiful qualities within ourselves. I'm going to offer a few different entryways for this. And just take the ones that work for you You know, if other voices arise, just gently set them aside and just know that it's profoundly helpful in this work to be able to connect to the things about ourselves that we appreciate. So for some of us, we can find qualities within our ancestry. Irish, German, Greek, Russian, English. Maybe there's holidays or foods or way your people say things, right? Traditions. For some of us, there's things about our ancestry that we really
1: like and we feel connected to.
4: For some of us, we can find qualities within our families I was reflecting upon the faith that my grandmother had and how I feel like I have that faith. Maybe there's laughter or some quirkiness that's come, a way we act with siblings. Something about ourselves that we're like, oh, I really like that about myself. Maybe there's a beautiful quality that has arisen in us because there was something challenging in our families. And we really appreciate the way that we have been able
1: to find a different path. Some of us, we can look To the intentions
4: that brought us here today, to the intentions that we called into this room, right? That we decided we want to come here on a Saturday. Maybe that's a beautiful quality within ourselves our desire to awaken, our desire to unlearn our white conditioning. Maybe there's patience or determination that arose for you in the sit if you felt distracted. So I'm just going to invite if any of those have landed for you to just take some time to dwell, right? That's among our foundations of mindfulness to dwell in our wholesome qualities. just to let that feed you. And if anybody's still looking, call to mind
1: somebody that loves you. What would they say? So I'm going to ask you all to
4: open your eyes. I'm just curious, maybe by raise of hands, how many of us felt some resistance? Was that a challenge for any of us? I mean, it can be, right? And I just want to offer that it absolutely can be a challenge for us to invite in that self-appreciation. And um, it used to be something that was really hard for me and with practice, it has become less difficult. So it's, it's something I would put in your toolbox. Um, something that I have found to be profoundly supportive of this work around white conditioning is that I can ground myself in things that I know are beautiful within myself, and it's a balancing factor. So that if that was challenging, no problem. And, and um, you can put it in your practice list. So in your triads, I'm just going to tr- um, flip this paper and ask what we're going to share about in our triads are what were the beautiful qualities right? that you came to think of, things that you appreciate yourself, and then also how did it feel in your body to reflect upon those. So you'll each have two minutes, and I'm, I'll ring the bell in two-minute intervals so you'll know when it's time to switch. So maybe now is the time we're going to do our little shifting, and when I see that everybody's ready, I'll, I'll ring the bell for the first two minutes. Are there any clarifying questions? Is that clear? Yes. In two cover both. Yes. In your two minutes, cover both questions. Thanks, Liz. should start.
6: But you're
7: right. I think you're mm-hmm. um, okay.
6: I really appreciate your guidance at the beginning really
3: yeah, I
6: love that. I love instructions. We just
0: wanted to
6: Okay. <laughs>
7: Thank you. I like, yeah. had to, like, include a few things like, oh, we're only halfway through the body. <laughs> just do the rest of the body and... <laughs> <laughs> do the rest on your own. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. That yeah. was just one. Uh, yeah, it's was fun. We need a little more than two minutes. You am um, going go to go
4: to the
7: bathroom. Yeah. yeah,
4: yeah, yeah.
6: We've got our, so I'm just going to keep it. So, yeah, it's a intense, oh. like, six so, like, o'clock. So, like, yeah. So I'm going to read it to you. i Okay, I'm gonna
4: ring that So that would be the second person can start now.
6: two of them. I know three of us shared it would be lucky. This is the thing, that's what I'm like. Would we that's I mean I
1: out. A minute. Okay, good. So we're going to ask if there's anybody that would
4: like to share with the group. If anybody wants to share, we'll maybe take, I don't know, three, four, five people if you want to share with the group something that you shared within your triad. Anybody willing?
2: Or how it struck you?
4: Yeah, any part of it. Thanks, Rob. Yeah.
2: That's clapping for all of us. Um... So I wanted to tell you a story that's related to what we were doing. You can come in and eat in here. You don't have to hover on the outside Um, in terms of not seeing who we really are. So I went to Pepperdine University and got a master's degree in organizational development and management. And we, I know, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and so we wrote our exam, and a, a lot of it actually was written, and um, I was sure I'd failed. And some of the uh, students that I'd do, done that with I'd done that program with had called me and said, oh, you know, I got my results back. And and um, I was like, wow, you know, they're sending the ones who failed, outlast the papers. And then I was in the kitchen. I was um, living living on Liberty Street in San Francisco, and I got this phone call from the administrator of the program. And she said, I'm calling you to tell... You the results. And I was like, that's so sweet. She didn't want me to open the letter without <laughs> someone there. You know, and, and I watched myself tense. And she said, I'm t- calling you to tell you you wrote the best paper that we've received for many years. <laughs> and we wanted to invite you back into doing a doctorate. And I'm telling that story because it as I deepen into my practice, um, how it's penetrated more deeply into how profound it is that we don't see or not see, acknowledge and live with our strengths and beautiful qualities. And what... Um, what this practice, the Buddhist practice does, is to reclaim our natural heritage and lineage of beautiful qualities. That it's not an add-on. It isn't like pasting something superficial over who we are. Rather, it is a turning towards what is living there already, that if any of us spent time with each one of you, we would tell you this is who you are, and that this work uh, about white privilege is both an uncovering, of the negative conditioning, and I'm going to talk more about that in a moment, and an uncovering of the beautiful qualities that are living already inside of us. And that we can't do this work, we can't, unless we have a connection into what is beautiful and alive inside of us. And that's why I love the combination of a Buddhist practice and of uncovering and disassembling the dynamics of oppression. Because a spiritual practice is about the pathway, building and sustaining that pathway and acknowledgement into what is alive and beautiful inside of us. I used to say that there was a man, Dr. Trimmer, who I looked up, and there's only Dr. Trimmers, lawnmowers on the web, But he said, so I don't know who he is, but he said, you are a miracle of creation. Bow down to yourself. And I love that. Because we are in our own unique expression of life and creation and creativity, we are miracles. And we deserve, we deserve to bow down to ourselves in respect as does every other human being who comes into our life. And so in that invitation, I wanted to acknowledge the peoples who originally lived here, the Ohlone, the Pomo, and the Miwok. Um, They uh, are uh, providing the most amazing leadership in the Bay Area. I don't know if any of you have gone on the oil walks or um, on the shell mound rituals and many of the other Um, standing rocks, um, ceremonies, and demonstrations. And so I wanted to honor them for their leadership in this, in blessing, prayer, and
1: love. The Dharma
2: acknowledges this, and the Buddha says over and over again in many different ways, Turn to your beautiful qualities, rest there and contemplate them. So that's why we've decided to uh, um, uh, bring that exercise that you just did into the beginning of the day to set it up as a as a set it up as a field in which all this other work happens. And then I also wanted to acknowledge that we live as well in fields of isolation and deep loneliness, in the sense of not having a home. And it's some of us, it's like I was born in the wrong family or I was born in the wrong country or wrong body that sense of I don't have a real refuge or I wherever I turn, all I feel is my inadequacy or my judgment or uh, a sense of failure, that whatever I'm doing isn't good enough. And this also is the reality that we live with and that the Buddha acknowledged. And he said after his enlightenment that he had in in that space and, and all through his life the capacity to see through worlds, eons and eons and ages. And as he perceived into those timeless rollings of life and death, he said, I couldn't find a time where there wasn't delusion and this kind of suffering of inadequacy, of homelessness, of judgment, of uh, of feeling lost. Uh, um, I couldn't find a time when there wasn't this, delusion and ignorance and the expressions of it. So along with our capacity to uh, become vehicles of love and compassion and wisdom, we also, right, find ourselves living in the dynamic of delusion and ignorance. And for those of you who are new, I would like you to bear with me because I'm going to go into something a little more complex, but it feels important to build the bridge for those of us who um, would like to understand a little more deeply, well, what is the relationship between white privilege and the Buddha's teaching? Because many people say that this uncovering is really about politics and isn't about a spiritual practice, I would like to go a little more detail into why I think um, this is really about liberation and the Buddhist teaching, whether you are a Buddhist or not.
1: So Doesn't always feel
2: like it, but sometimes we get a taste that we are a flow of energies. It might be the breath coming and going. It could be that it's so prosaic and ordinary that we don't actually notice it. That you know, a moment we are feeling a there's a pain in our shoulder and then an, another moment we've it's not there and we've already forgotten it. One of the gateways into the mystery of life is turning our attention towards the flow of change. And as we do, and the mind gets quieter, we actually begin to experience that there is not anything solid in any part of our life, but a flow of physical sensations, of thoughts, of different, what we might call emotions, what the Buddha calls mental factors, that we are just this flow, which explains how we age, right? (laughs) There is this flow of life happening through us. In each moment in that flow, there are thousands of moments of consciousness. And in each moment of consciousness, there are a particular constituent of factors that I'm going to now say that are always there. And the first factor, mental factor or capacity of the mind, is to recognize an experience through one of the sense spaces. So when there is a visual object, perhaps me or sound, this body or sound, there is seeing consciousness that arises or hearing consciousness, one at a time. So seeing consciousness, hearing, seeing it happening very quickly. So it feels like it's happening at the same time. So there's the seeing consciousness that arises as contact is made with the visual field or with the hearing field or with the tasting field, what else? Smell, what else? Touch, and the Buddha calls the mind the sixth one, the thought field, right? When that contact happens, then there is always the feeling of pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. Whatever is happening... Whatever sound, looking out the window, immediately, pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral, it's so fast. And then there's the capacity to perceive, there's intention. Baruch so beautifully guided us in the meditation this morning. What's your intention? There's intention actually in every moment of consciousness, and a number of other things that I'm not going to go into, but those are particularly important. And then, and then, in each moment of consciousness, there is either ignorance and delusion and all the negative qualities that come from that, or faith, because there's, in, and this is amazing, in Buddhism, if you feel any beautiful quality of generosity or compassion, there's always faith in the mind. This faith is not faith in a person or in a situation, it is faith that it's possible to cultivate the beautiful qualities. That at any moment, and this feels so important to this work, that at any moment, because each consciousness that's happening is, as soon as we think about it, it, is a new one. In each moment of consciousness, it's possible to call in the beautiful qualities. We are constituted that way. And faith is the beginning then, the turning of I can. Even if I feel lost and caught in hating, I can, in the next moment, say, may I? May I find love? May I find forgiveness for myself and that hatred? What's really important, coming back to delusion and ignorance, is that it's often operating in our mind. And I know it would be nice, it kind of would be nice actually to have a little bit of the scribed so you can see it because i know some people are auditory and some people are visual so um, so we have so i want t- so can we just have delusion on one side and faith on the other delusion and ignorance
1: oh let me bless you with thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> where is my definition here okay so
2: hmm. I'm missing something Okay, well, I'm missing my definition. I don't know where it is, which is... Oh, maybe here it is. Okay, here's the definition of delusion. Its characteristic is mental blindness. And this is really the definition of white privilege. But this is how it's happening in the mind, right? When delusion is present, there is mental blindness or an unknowing its function is non-penetration or concealment of the real nature of the object, right? That moment of consciousness and the object, there is a non-penetration or concealment. It is, the, it is manifested as the absence of right understanding or mental darkness, and its proximate cause is Unwise attention or misinterpretation of things. Oh, can that you is see? Exactly yeah, that's good. That's good. So, yeah. what? Yeah, yeah, and everything is taped as well, so you can listen to it. Although I'm, I was like, God, it. <laughs> <laughs> They stay focused, Irina. So um, the, the formal definition that comes from Bhikkhu Bodhi's trans, um, translation in the Abhidharma is delusion or ignorance characteristic as mental blindness or unknowing. Think of a policeman, because it's happened a thousand times, stopping an African American in a car, That person is going to get their driver's license and the policeman shooting that person. What's in the mind? It is blindness or unknowing and it cannot penetrate the situation. It is a non-penetration or concealment of the object of consciousness or this person. It is manifested as the opposite of right understanding, but of misunderstanding the situation. And it is described as a mental darkness, and its proximate cause is unwise attention. I use that example because it's extreme. We, we are... We experience this hundreds of thousands of times, millions of times, these mind moments. Whenever we don't respect ourselves, this is what's going on. Ourselves are concealed from this moment of consciousness when there is delusion. We are not perceiving ourselves. And we're also not perceiving others in their reality. When there is this quality of delusion, there is always shamelessness. That is, we're not scared to shame ourselves and others, there is fearlessness of wrong. That means we're not scared to do something that is harmful. And there is restlessness, which makes sense because restlessness doesn't allow the mind to penetrate. It's like it's like dissociation, where you're, you're, you're not connected to the experience, you're out. Now, that makes sense, doesn't it? That they're those energies because... Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go. I'll. Um, um, when we are conditioned as white people, we're conditioned through shaming, and the energy of not being scared to harm, of course, because this conditioning is harmful. So, how is it happening? It's happening through these energies. So, for example, when. Um, a friend of mine wanted to bring um, wanted to bring the daughter of, because I grew up in South Africa, the maid into the living room. Her mother said, "No, absolutely not. Like anger, shaming, blaming, you know that energy of how are we guided into our location? It's through all these energies that live inside of us and they live inside of us in relationship to many other things, right? So out of this, out of these, because these always are present, then comes greed, wanting, obsession, desire, conceit, hatred, anger, fear, Envy, avarice, worry, sloth, torpor, and doubt. You get the idea. <laughs> so I i have an ongoing struggle in my house because I like things to be really clean and they're not in the kitchen. And And so I come into the kitchen and I'm like, oh God, I can't believe it. So... And my mind goes into, I just said, you know, blah, 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 but let's try and keep things clean. And so how do I know I'm in delusion? Because I have that list, which isn't written in, of anger, irritation. How do we know we're in delusion? Because if we feel anger, fear, irritation, obsession, desire, greed, Sloth, torpor, doubt, wrong view, and conceit, just to name a few, which we are all very familiar with. We know we are misperceiving the situation and we're in delusion. Isn't that mind blowing? It is mind blowing. And so it's like, I'm like, no, but I feel so right. <laughs> I should be irritated about the kitchen not being clean, or whatever it is that I'm irritated about. You know, and I should feel justified in my anger. No, Arena. at least acknowledge you're in ignorance. Even if you're caught, you're in ignorance. And therefore, your orientation is not to defend yourself, but to work on acknowledging your feelings, and meeting them so that they are healed and are not determining your relationship. Can we have a new uh, new thing? oh oh I have, I'll come back to faith, okay. but can yep. we this capacity to be deluded happens to us in all our locations. And so let's just brainstorm some of our different locations, because I want to make sure that we're understanding this in a whole field. So one location of how this dynamic... Okay, let me back off, because I did. Oppression, how I understand oppression works through through the mind, through these mind moments of delusion. Let's just acknowledge the field of how delusion works in our culture so we have racism right and that is white people systematically disenfranchising people of color because we have because we as white people want more access and to retain access to resources, power, and social rewards, right? So racism is, there is um, white people and people of color. Let's just have racism, white people. So delusion is working to communicate to us that we are superior and deserve the the entitlements and rewards that we receive because we're superior. And if you're a person of color, then delusion works in believing that you are not equal and not good enough and don't deserve, right? And of course, this, this is true
1: for sexism. So we could say men
2: and women just what are some others? Nationalism, Nationalism. ageism, ageism. <laughs> homophobia. homophobia. Delusion is working inside of ourselves in the in constructing all these relationships. Let's have a few more. Classism, gender, gender fluidity. Ableism. great. Disconnection from the earth. So um, it's a good, a good idea. Uh, respect for the earth and disconnection and dissociation from it, harming it. Um. So we are all located along this whole line. There are these different fields living inside of us because we're in all of these, right? Like, depending on whether we're younger or older or physically able or not, delusion misperceives what the situation is in the negative expressions of this dynamic of oppression, in its negative expressions. Delusion is at work. And we are on both sides of of the location, Privileged and disenfranchised, all of us. And there is strength in both sides. There's strength in both sides. And we're going to go back to that. So we're all living with this. And... In the middle. In the middle, it's right, exactly. Young and old,
6: exactly. Okay.
1: We get it? We get it? Body in it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Elitism. Elitism, yes. We don't have elitism. Let's write it
2: out. Let's just fill it out. Brains, let's brainstorm it. <coughs> Mental health, yes. Okay, let's brainstorm. What are the things in classism? wealth and poverty and being poor exactly okay okay I, I think this is okay yeah yep yep but maybe we've just run out of we uh, w- it's true it's true i think there's something i i just i think it's amazing to name it because We're acknowledging the ways that we've been conditioned that haven't respected what is beautiful, that hasn't respected the integrity of life. And that disrespect has expressed itself in this way, in this country and in most European colonizing nations, it's a little different in different countries, but generally, yes Yes, that's elitism thanks let's We'll put it down being formally educated or informally educated so it i it feels um so liberating to me to name it in community to say hey we're all in this together we are we have inherited this concealment of what's true and we've been acting it out unconditionally right so and because we've been acting it out conditionally without knowing it we have held these systems in place that hurt us and other people. Then, let's go back, and then what's beautiful is that we have the capacity to liberate ourselves from this concealment and ignorance and oppression. And the first is to trust that we can. And we know already from all the the uh, leaders, the m- amazing leaders that we, s- whose shoulders we stand on, um, w- that um, we have that capacity. Faith, faith in the beautiful qualities, and the next one is mindfulness, that the one of the greatest <coughs> tools in this process is
1: to bring awareness to this dynamic. And then the next one, this, now I'm going through the mental factors, right, the list of the beautiful
2: qualities. And the next one is being scared of harming. Not scared in the bad way, but caring enough not to want to harm ourselves and others. So fear of harming. And generosity is the next one. And then there's, we've noticed, compassion, appreciative joy, equanimity, wisdom, and then some of the factors that are part of a concentrated mind, which I'm not going to go into now. So
1: I, I'm so I want to, as warriors, I want to point out because the Buddha sometimes talks about
2: enemies, but enemies really in terms of the mental factors. This process we're in is about reclaiming one side, right? is building faith and mindfulness and fear of harming, compassion, love, wisdom, equanimity, and turning towards the other side because when we do with mindfulness and love, this begins to weaken and finally dissolve. So the tools... And I'm saying this because it's so easy to go into self-shame and blame around this. The tools of disassembling white privilege are calling in the beautiful energies, which is the practice for fully awakening ourselves as well as awakening our communities, bringing in courage and patience and non-harming. Does that make sense? So Then we're going to look at, so this is the inner workings and now we're going to look at how does it express itself culturally and socially, right? Because you can't just name it on the personal level. You have to see the impact, right? We talked about that earlier on. You have to see the impact of this delusion on our social Relationships, on how cultures are built, organizations are built, structures are created to keep the delusion and ignorance um, uh, in continuity. So we have to look at that. And we look at it with caring and love because caring and love begins to dissolve delusion. That's the law of the Dharma. And that we've seen that ourselves in our spiritual practice. And when we go to a friend who is giving us this beautiful environment of witnessing with caring, we feel the energy of that, right? The gift of that.
7: Are there
1: any questions? (laughs) Yes, Mark. Uh, not certainty, but confidence. Yeah, because
2: it's it, it's not solid. Gotcha. Yes. Did you have your name up? I do not see you. Ka- K- Caitlin. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, and then well, time. Yeah, we have to stop. Yeah.
8: So my question has to do with time because I think that um, in our hyper-paced society, um, which drives culture and the, the norms, that, norms of oppression, really, I'd love for you to just speak to kind of re- reclaiming time. And I know this has to do with mindful awareness, and so, but like how how to slow down the momentum
2: to begin to awareness actually slows things down. In reality, mm-hmm. the stronger awareness is, the, sl- the the more things, the more experiences <coughs> perceived correctly. You don't actually have to slow it down just to say that. And as students of awareness and mindfulness, it's very helpful to create space, to practice it, so it can perceive what's really going on. Just to say that. OK, my colleagues have said both to me um, let's, uh, <laughs> the time that I need to uh, um, be aware of the time. So um, let's uh, stand up for a moment. And just take a moment to stretch. And it's recorded, you don't have to get it all now. Stretch, 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 wiggle, twist, bend, go from one leg to another, whatever feels good. Thank you. Thank you for your listening.
1: And um, we are going to go on to the... (laughs) It's good
4: you call it fun. I'm going to just use this. So um, I think probably you'll sit back down, but we're going to get up and be moving around soon. Um, So I'm going to use the words target and non-target. Yes, it should, in fact. Thank you. It's safe to make mistakes, and I'm just doing that to show you all. Okay, great. Thank you. That's why we work together. Um, so we're going to be doing an exercise um, soon that we're going we're to stand up and be placing ourselves on a line around different locations to talk about target and non-target, where we are in a target position, where we're in a non-target position. Um, And so Baruch and I actually have um, just prepared. I mean, I'm going to share first. So you have a seat while I splay myself open. Um, So I'm going to share about about kind of the internal landscape for myself in a target area, and Baruch is going to share in a non-target area. Just we're trying to give you all a sense of some of the vulnerabilities that are probably going to come up for you all, right? Um, And it's interesting for me. So I identify as queer. That's the word I use. You all don't have to, but that's the word I use. Um, And in preparing, so that is a place where I'm in a target group. And in preparing to share this with you, I realized I keep that on lockdown. Like, I super keep it on lockdown. The feelings of being targeted in that group, I keep it on lockdown. I don't let myself feel it very often, right? Right? But it's so, so there. And so kind of preparing to share with you all, I'm like, oh, right, yeah, whew, yeah, okay, it's, it's all there. Um, you know. So the experience of, you know, I was raised Catholic, um, and I, I can see homosexuality written on the chalkboard. It was a mortal sin, right? So I'm like in ninth grader, I'm going to a public high school, my mom makes me go to catechism. And I'm like, I won't go anymore. I refused to go. I didn't tell her why. I actually didn't know it was about me. I just knew it made me really angry. And I got grounded. And just was like, I'm not going back to that place. Because they just told me this. Like, it just I knew it was wrong. But I didn't know it was about me because I didn't know any gay people. I didn't even know gay was a thing to be, right? I didn't know any gay people until after I graduated from high school. And then I was like, oh, oh that's what's going on, right? So, really, I mean, that, it's like, okay, so then I live in a world where it's still being debated as to whether or not my love is real. Like, that's still a debate, and for most of my life, the answer was no, but, like, the idea that it's still being debated doesn't (laughs) super feel that great either, frankly, right? Um... So, like, it's not something I let in real deeply too often. That's a lot. Looking at, so this concept of internalized homophobia, meaning, like, I don't need the world out there to, like, keep telling me I'm bad. Like, I have internalized those messages on my own. Like, I take on kind of the, the ugly feelings that the culture has. And I just feel them within myself. So I work in a school. And I love my work. I do beautiful work. And I feel sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, would parents be okay that I'm sitting alone talking in a room with this girl? Is it okay that I go in the girls' locker room because I have to go get get a child? Like, I have fear around that. Right? That's not mine. That's nothing to do with me. Like that's you know from the outside that hurts. Um, And I think another place to share is like around travel. Like I. I have made choices to travel internationally alone. Like, I would rather be a target as a woman alone than to travel internationally as a queer person. That feels ugly, right? That's ugly in my heart. You can see why I wouldn't want to let myself feel that very often, right? So I'm just I'm kind of sharing that just to say, like, okay, this is the experience of being in a target. The last thing I want to say about it is that it is so, so helpful to me to let myself feel that impact. Because it gives me a window into what is it like to be in a target group, right? Most of us are in a target group in one way or another. And those places are are really important teachers, right? It helps me. It humbles me. And it helps me be able to get a glimpse of what it would be like to stand in the shoes of a person of color in this moment in the world, right? Like. It's a it's a different flavor, but it gives me a window that helps me a lot. Okay, Baruch, you ready? Yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: So um, one of the <coughs> one of the deals about privilege is usually that's where we have the least awareness. Okay, we usually have the least awareness about when we're in the most privileged position, and so I decided to talk about male privilege. <laughs> which I haven't actually thought about that much. And when I started thinking about it, I was just like, wow, what is male privilege? And that's actually one of the privileges about being in a position like that is you don't really have to think about it. And I started generating a list of all of the things that I don't have to think about because I'm a man um, that I would have to think about if I was a woman. And I was having a hard time, so I went online. <laughs> it's was like... It was kind of awful how clueless I was about the whole, about this area of my life. And I downloaded a hundred privileges that men have. And I went through and I highlighted some of them. And I was visiting my daughter yesterday. And I was showing her the things that I thought were really important that I get to do as a man that she doesn't get to do. And she totally was like, oh, no, 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 no. And she kind of rechanged my list. And everything that was on the list, she had a recent... Si- experience of it. I mean, it's like, oh, yeah, that happened to me yesterday. And um, I was just like, wow, I don't even think about this stuff. And what she was telling me about, one of the things is, if I do the same task as a woman, and if the measurement is at all subjective, chances are people will think I did a better job. And she was telling me she walked into a hardware store, she knew exactly what she was looking for, she talked to the guy and said what she wanted, and he directed her to the cleaning supplies. And she was like, No, that's not right. And so she repeated it again. He did the same thing. And she said that, you know, this happens to her all the time. If a guy walked in, if I walked in, I would get directed to the right place. Um, If I'm not conventionally attractive, the disadvantages are relatively small and easy to ignore. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter as much for me. We were talking about in addition to being aggressive, I can be moody, temperamental, sullen, non responsive, reactive, angry, outraged, unpleasant, unkind, and rude, even combative or overbearing without being called the B word or the C word. <coughs> and I might what? <laughs> <laughs> This one, I, I was totally surprised when we were talking about this. As a pedestrian, I do not have the unrelenting, dehumanizing experience of h- heterosexual men regularly offering to let me walk on by so that they could check out my ass. And my dad was like, this happens to me all the time. Men are constantly stopping and letting me go ahead. I mean, I was just like, that doesn't happen to me. <laughs> No, it's okay that it doesn't happen to me. (laughs) So, I mean, and the list goes on and on. And so I'm, you you know, as Irina says, I locate the position of being a man, and there are so many advantages for me moving through the world, things that I don't even have to think about that I take for granted that all the people who identify as female in this room are dealing with probably every day. You know, So I deep bow, and I've spent a lot of time thinking about white privilege, but I was very humbled when I started really reflecting on all the male
3: privilege that I have.
1: just right, talk this is yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. this is
4: working. Okay, so we're gonna um, we're gonna open the door and we'll actually use the um, the foyer to do this exercise. And so we're gonna ask, we're gonna name a location and ask you all to consider, is this a place where I'm in a target group, a non-target group, right? You're gonna ask yourself, is this a place where I experience privilege, a place I don't really have to think very much, a place where the world kind of agrees with who I am and how I see it, or is this a place where I'm in a target group where I feel invisible, where I feel har- you know harmed, discriminated against, um, and then all the places in, in the middle. In order to do this, you're going to be talking to the people on the line near you, right? You're going to be mindful, right? We're going to have... I felt a lot of things in my body as I was describing. Baruch, I don't know if you did. Were you feeling sensations in your body, right? Feeling emotions arise, feeling fear or shame, confusion. I don't want to say this. I don't want to talk about this, right? All of that stuff. So we are doing this work together, right? This is what we came here to do. So we're absolutely in service. We're going to lean on our... our communication agreements and really and lean into the kindness and the compassion, all those intentions that we pro- brought today to do this and be as vulnerable as we can. Um, so I think you're doing, are you doing the first one? I'm doing the first one? I think the first one we were going to do is, I think, I think so the first one we we're going to do is around ability. Um, does that sound right to you?
0: Yeah, okay. I think it's good.
4: So um, so logistically, I think we're all in this together. We're going to figure out how this is going to work, but I think we're going to open this door And the people that are going to walk out first into the kind of the farther end are going to be people that feel super physically able, that are perceived as physically able and or feel super physically able. There's a difference, and so we're going to have to work with that. The people that are going to be more on this side are going to be folks that feel within a target group of ability, physical ability. Does that sound right? Anything to add? So we're going to take a little time to talk to each other to get onto the line. And then we'll do some processing together.
0: And at, oh, It's a totally subjective experience. You just have to sense into yourself and see where you feel you fit on the continuum of this line.
4: Right. And we're also going to be mindful that there's a, another program going on downstairs. So I think we're going to use quieter, mindful voices to do this.
1: Yes, please, yes,
4: yes, yes. So we actually had an extensive conversation about this as the teaching team because I think we're hoping to do that on the line, but I'll absolutely put, I just didn't, I stopped, but I can put, fill in those words. Thank you for saying that. I think I stopped because I felt uncomfortable being the person trying to define it for the whole group, but I appreciate you saying that, so I can definitely fill that in. Um, Should I, so, so ableism. So folks, folks that feel like you are in a non-target group around physical ability are going to be on the farther end towards the other room.
1: We' just invite everyone back. Can you pick up the bell?
6: And, um, and invite everyone back. Hey Hey girls..
2: I know it's chaos, and that's will let because know everyone is talking to each other. And it's. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm sure it's really yeah. nice. Here. We, can too. We,
0: just, it's
2: we could do stand up, sit down.
7: Hey, let's um, come back in. Coming back in. <laughs> It's hard, it's hard.
2: Hello? Oh, this isn't working. It is? Really? You can hear? I can't. Okay. So coming back in. No. Yes. And we're going to ask them to... Amanda, how does this stand, how does it work, the stand-up sit-down?
1: Do you want to just do it? Can you hear me?
4: We're going to wrap up in about 30 seconds. Do you think they... So, I'm gonna call your attention back now. If you can hear me, can you give your eyes to me? If you can hear me, can you look in my direction? Thank you. So, we're wrapping up our conversations. It's great. We're gonna, it's good. I'm not worried. We're good. We're coming back. Okay, thank you all. So, I'm gonna ask, we're super clumpy, and I'm gonna say, to the best of our ability. Can we just unclump a little bit, right? So like if we just make it so we can see each other a little bit better, meaning that this kind of middle area might scoot that way. That's okay. But just make it so we can see each other just a little bit better. And then we want to have take some some time to hear what this one's been like.
1: Yeah, we're trying to get in an arc
4: here, so we can see it's maybe not single file, but closer to single file in this arc. If you, to the best of our ability, we're going to do that. Oh, ish. I mean, if you, to the best of your ability, yeah.
3: Okay.
7: <laughs> but you're sitting in the middle of
4: I'm going to ask for your attention again. My second. Do you want to use this and then we'll pass the microphone? I'm just going to pass this. Okay. A
9: good way to get people to Yeah, Tommy. They say pass the shush, and people go shh, and then it works.
4: Okay. All right, pass the shush. Do it.
6: Okay, pass the shush.
4: Shh. That was great. Thanks. Okay. Okay. So we want to get some feedback again. We so again we are we're leaning into our agreements, right? We're maybe taking a breath right now and just grounding in our intention for doing this work. Why did we come here today? So just really connect to that.
2: How I, in some ways, I've held my space and place because I had a net to fall into if something really terrible happened to me. And the kinds of entitlement of just feeling like I had a place in the world from my early upbringing of having more money, and so it fu- it feels very deep, and it feels important to acknowledge as we're going to go into race this afternoon to hold the complexity of all you know of what's arising for us. And of wanting to be seen in that complexity, right, mm-hmm. of the different kinds of suffering that have been part of each place and also the safety, mm-hmm. you know, and lack of safety in the different places. So just the whole...
1: The deeper wish of being seen. And that we want to see each other. We want to see each other. Yeah.
2: Thank you.
3: Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, why don't you come back in?
2: I just don't think we can... I think it's too much to do it another is.
0: one. It is, yeah. Although we have ten minutes... I think it'd be powerful.
2: Oh, to do another
4: one?
0: Yeah, I mean... Well, okay.
4: you go for it. You were saying to take some... Con- like, to not do the whole
0: exercise, but to just do...
4: Just to like minute and then maybe to hear a few voices, like to skip yep. the experiential part
2: but have some of the conversation. And you feel we can do it on also ground for lunch? I don't know.
0: It's up to you. You might be it's right. Up to you both. Um
2: I think it would be better for people to talk in diads and just be okay. compressed before maybe the break and have, like a two, minute, like can have like a two minutes. Like only two minutes of silence. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I just wanted to say that um We occupy different locations in our life, and we tend to view the world through the most targeted position that we are in. Places where we're non-targeted, we have the least awareness and the least attention for that. And it's not like one cancels out the other. They interact in complex ways. But because... If we are on the tar- targeted end of socioeconomics, our experience is going to be different if we are a person of color versus a white person. We still have the privilege of being a white person at the end of this line. So, And it's complex. And part of this exercise is to see the complexity of how our different identities impact us and how we hold those mm-hmm. as we move through the world.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: So. so we were thinking right now to, to maybe just take like two, three minutes in silence just to sit and kind of collect ourselves and reconnect. Wait, You
0: the mic. Um,
4: reconnect with our beautiful qualities, right? And then take a few minutes to talk in a dyad and then we'll have lunch. So just to kind of let this all land for us, Okay. So we'll we'll ring the bell, but just take a few minutes to reconnect to yourself.
2: Turn to someone sitting next to you and just take a few minutes each and check in with how what's up for you, how you are. Mm -hmm, We'll ring a bell.
7: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah.
6: Yeah. Yeah. I know. We had such a rich conversation uh, about gender and all. Uh, but it's too much. Yeah. I think so. I think so. I can just feel the feeling. Yeah. yeah. If we do it next time, mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. we'll do have to have more time. In it. I think that we, the ability one, I think the room was confusing, but I felt like it was, there was also some confusion because we didn't have
4: as much representation in the, the
6: target
7: group.
4: Whereas, with, I think, if we did the gender one, we would have more like the full spectrum within our group here. Yes, we have it. Yeah. It's just good to know, like if we like choose the ones we're like, oh you know, you know,
6: you know I realize afterwards, so people who knew, we can talk about it at lunch. We don't have anything on privilege before we do We have nothing on my privilege. I can't believe I at But We can't go ahead without doing a whole thing on my what white privilege. Is. Before we do the role play, so we have to give a presentation. Maybe we can work that out at lunch. Yeah. Because we've given a great description field, but we haven't actually made more detail or what Right. Right. I mean, we've talked around it, yes, but so we haven't oh, talked yeah. right at it. And, and then. Well, you know, I you really like the idea of being a your role as Starting guided movement. Uh, we did that on purpose to say if people had to leave, we're only giving an hour for lunch, but yeah. so we're going to. I didn't think we had to say, let's just say we're giving an hour for lunch. Yeah. 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 That's right. I could like, uh, like really the bad. They could have one of the other so, just the whole thing. so yeah, we come back. still not good at it. Oh. <laughs>
0: Okay, thank you so much for that, putting up with um, some of the obstacles. <laughs> last, when we did it last year, we had this huge room. It, well, the community room was there, and we were able to have a long line. It was a lot different than the space that we have. So We're going to um, stop for lunch. We want you to come back at 1.45 we're going to keep, if you want to stay in silence, which is great, we're going to have this be a silent area so you could eat your lunch in here. But you're also welcome to walk uh, walk around the land. Um, there's, an out, there's a patio here and there's places across the street, I think. I haven't been there for a while. There's tables in the meadow. There's tables and benches and places to walk. So, um,
1: Yes.
2: Right, so do not walk beyond the gate, because, yeah. And, uh, thank you, thanks. And if you didn't bring your lunch, if you go right outside of Spirit Rock and then take the first left and follow the road round, there's a cafe that serves food. And, uh, did I say that incorrectly? One more left. Oh, one more left. So right, left, and left. Um, Wood Acre Cafe, so you can buy food there. Um, and we'll come back. We'll come back, and we'll have um, a, a short guided movement and sit to reintegrate us, and then we'll go more deeply into um, uh, our day. S- any questions so far about lunch?
3: What time do we come
2: back? In an hour, at uh, one forty-five. Mm.
1: Okay, great. Enjoy. Okay. Uh, if, if I, didn't, then I have to no. Then I can, I mean, get to <laughs> Sorry, could you switch the button off to towards away from oh, oh, then it's not working. Oh,
2: it's working. Okay. So I'd like to invite you to stand up if you are comfortable standing up. And allow the knees to bend. <coughs> Just sort of acknowledging, <coughs> excuse me, what happens to the buttocks as the knees bend. And then slowly allowing them to straighten and allowing the breath in, elbows up first, then wrists, then hands, going just as far as comfortable for you. And if it's comfortable, reaching up. And allow the elbows to bring the arms down as the air is released. And allow the head to drop and the shoulders to round. Relaxing, hanging, and then slowly, not from the thought, but from your body, coming back to the standing and allowing the elbows to move up, wrists, hands, matching the breathing to the movement in the way that's comfortable for you, and then down again. Again, not the thought, but letting your body lead you. So trusting
1: into that flow. Being connected to
2: the sensations that come from the movement. And one last time. Let the hanging happen a little longer this time. If you want to straighten the legs, straightening the legs, and see if that
1: works for you to keep on dropping towards the ground. Whenever you're ready, allowing the
2: legs to bend, and the notice the work the thighs do and the lower back as you find uh, your way back to the upright journey of standing. Mm. Then allow the shoulders to be moved towards each other in the front as though two strings were pulling them. And then those strings pull the shoulders up. And then they release and the shoulders fall down. And then allow the, the shoulders to meet each other in the back, the shoulder blades. And Feel a rotation in the arms so that the palms are facing outward without pushing. Allow the shoulders to be moved up towards the ears, letting it happen rather than pushing it. And then releasing. And once more. Letting the shoulders be pulled towards each other in the front and then moved up. We can let it happen more and more without <coughs> without being the doer. And then shoulder blades towards the back. S- feel a stretch through the fingertips the arms, and then that relaxation as the shoulders are moved up towards the ears. We can breathe in. And then releasing the shoulders without pushing and allowing the air to release. Mm. And then allow the feet um, further away than the hips. (coughs) Hands on the hips if you like that position. I'm here. You want to mess with me? I'm here. (laughs) And then allow the hips to be pulled away from the rest of the body. One side, and then the back, the buttocks pulled away. And then on the other side, and then in the front. And again, and of course, doing whatever is most comfortable for you. And that might be a hard movement and do something else that works and then the other way and again relinquishing control allow the body to find its own circle and movement and if you're present in that relinquishment comes joy in mm-hmm. trusting ourselves to the body's inner wisdom, let it move itself, and coming back, swiveling, and then whatever movement you like that feels like, yeah, that feels good,
1: yeah. Yum. <laughs>
2: And taking your fingertips and tapping, and see if you can be right there with the tapping, the middle of the head, down the sides, down the back, and tap the shoulders. And then take one hand and tap the arms. Mm. And that that part of the shoulders, that feels so good. And the other one. front and of course the back the end.
3: legs
2: <laughs> coming up doing the forehead receiving the tap Taking a moment and receiving the
1: vibration of the tapping.
2: Baruch invited us to the image of a mother calf licking, being licked by her mother. Mm. Feeling the energy of our community holding us in this listening to the vibration, environment of caring, relaxing, and not trying to listen to the vibration anymore, Mm. but letting it
1: happen. Thank you. So as you're taking your seat, we're gonna ask
4: for a one word reflection of kind of how you're doing right now, how this is all landing. So maybe you're coming up with a word. We're gonna just pass the mic. Um, So how are you feeling right now? Could be about that. How is this landing for you? one word just to kind of get a pulse check anybody willing to start
1: beautiful I thanks
10: this for me and
1: me I wanted to thank you for um, being
2: willing to turn towards those feelings and Um, I don't know about you, but it was very uh, uncomfortable uh, for me to open um, mm, to that discomfort. And actually, for me, it was sort of shocking to acknowledge for the first time the profound difference. Um, When I first went into the African township, which was so different from the white suburb in Johannesburg, it was very shocking and dislocating So um, uh, thank you for joining me, and thank you, Baruch, for that guidance to uh, turn towards that place and um, know it and then also begin to care for it because unless we meet our experiences with awareness and caring, they live inside of us and continue to repeat and play themselves out, that kind of unacknowledged discomfort and shock. That was, in, that was my experience. So um, it feels respectful to turn inwards and acknowledge these different experiences that we're carrying. And and we're learning Uh. to move across different realms in this acknowledgement, so turning inward and holding what's living inside of us and then also moving out, and then moving back in, and then moving out to sort of thread and rethread in understanding the embodied experience, the relational, and the sort of framework, the map, that, that helps us navigate um, and learn. And so before we go on to a map level for a few minutes, I just want to check in with you and see how you're doing. Like, um, How was that for you, that guided meditation? Uh, yeah, thank you, the, the mic. Does anyone want to say something before just this like a big transition? Anyone want to say anything about that? So, uh, acknowledging separation and not being a part of, and fear, there are um, all qualities that we actually talked about in those two columns earlier on today. Do you remember the that part of the whole dynamic of ignorance has these uh, um, and and the way separation is constructed in our culture, built into it, are those feelings that we accessed. And so when we talk about how do we heal white privilege, there are many um, parts of the field. This is one of turning inwards in our body to feel those feelings and in the Field of caring and allowing something becomes integrated in a way where we sp- we aren't being unconsciously propelled by those energies. So that's why it doesn't have to be Buddhism, but a practice of turning inwards with attention and love is transforming. Um, so now, now let's let's move and write a definition of white privilege. We had one, but we're going to write it because we like, we like to have a visual field. But some people have a D and others don't. English do, the okay. English do. Okay, yeah. okay. So what is the definition of white privilege?
1: Let's co-construct. Pe- like yes. Do a whole Great.
2: Thank you, Suzanne. Yes. Uh, advantages, uh, Thanks. To
10: Thanks. Say it again. Advantages as- ascribed to you because of the color of your skin, because of the whiteness of your skin.
1: Right. not remembering that you're white right not having to even think about race or racialization right. Not having to worry if you get pulled over by the police. Right. Having most of the
8: cultural images um, match your experience. Right. Right. Having a sense of superiority of
1: being better than others. Right. Being allowed to have um, many definitions of or many diverse identities besides just being a white person. Right.
8: Ascribing advantages um, not to your race but to merit. Yeah. So believing in merit-based, believing in yeah. merit when race is
2: operating—that's
1: correct. That's Thanks. Are there. Yeah. Being given the benefit of the doubt. Great. Um, the assumption
11: of safety of your body and body boundaries.
1: Great.
12: <clears throat> not being singled out. Great. You can hide behind one's Great. whiteness.
5: Um not being made to feel like the other more like the standard of measure.
1: Right.
2: Anything significant in your experience? Yes.
1: Great. Assuming the police will help me. Yep. Yeah. Great. Great. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: so when I applied for my immigration I mean for my um, nationalization for citizenship I was interviewed and I lied about when I got, where I got divorced because um, to get divorced I got married to stay in this country now that's probably so old it's okay to say that they won't (laughs) deport me um, and I'm white, right? Um, um, I lied about it and the person interviewing me caught me lying. And then I um, I said something like just right after I could see she was about to say something, I said, you know, you remind me of a, of a place where I went vacationing and such and such. And she said, oh yeah, I went there too. And So being white means even when you're doing illegal activities, and they know you are, you are not arrested and deported.
10: And related to that misbehaving in school and not having it destroy your life. Yes, yes, yes.
1: Yeah, I think that's. I think. I think that's. Uh, I think that is great. Um, what
2: did I want to say about it? Can I add one, Arena? Yeah, yeah,
8: yeah. I just want to add to Joel's about the assumption of safety of body. I think it's also assumption of uh, emotional safety, and sort of an assumption of comfort that. Um, say more. Bon. Just, like that. As a white person, I expect to be. Made comfortable, or, oh, or you know, it's like you. I don't, don't have the right words yes. for it exactly, but no, that's perfect. That's Do you great. know what I'm saying.
2: Yes, that is great. We expect to be comforted.
8: Um, easier access to health care, and, and
2: easier access foods. to health care. Great, yes, huge. Yeah,
13: I just was thinking that uh, if you're white, like you really don't have to look very far for role models, like to identify with people like you.
2: I think often what's true about that is that we don't hear so much about the uh, role models that are part of other cultures because what's printed in newspapers and TV mostly, and history books, mostly reflects our experience and isn't reflective of the whole multicultural experience because there are amazing leaders. We just don't hear about them, and that's part of being white. Thank you for naming that, yeah.
7: Um, being in a system that uh, today is being reconstructed
13: for my benefit. Yes. Malcolm X once said, uh, American racism is like Cadillac. There's a new model every year.
2: Yes, that's lovely. Thank you. I love that. I mean, let's, yes, yeah, a couple If I can, more affo- if if
11: I can afford and... it, I can live wherever I want.
2: Yes. Thank you. Lovely. Yeah.
8: Thank of A good education and a higher-paying job
2: good yes yes excellent and if and if through affirmative action we don't have that access what do we do we use a bias court system to make sure that we get right un- and m- more access than other people into education systems right lovely you know what's so amazing about how this all works is that each of us was born and un- didn't consciously choose to inherit all this messaging and behavior right we weren't t- we we didn't say hey i want to be someone who disregards other people's experience and that's what's so amazing about how unconscious this process is and how important it is to be in a room to talk about it together because we didn't choose it, but we inherited it. And just like all inherited behaviors, those behaviors continue to reproduce those cycles, like the reproduction of abuse in families, right, where My parents were wounded, and so they acted out that wounding in our family, right? And I feel blessed enough that I found this practice and became conscious enough to say, I'm stopping the cycle of violence. And that's what we're doing here. We're saying as a community of white people, we are stopping the cycle of violence that comes from white privilege. Because as we're, as we're saying, as we're naming it, we're seeing how violating the impact of the exclusion is for people of color. And not only that, but when people of color challenge in any way the system, there is intense, forced, and violent, often, uh, reaction to that right? so it's not just because we have named it it's not just that we have all these benefits it is that the benefits are held in place through a system of violence and force and that's why there was the the history right after the reconstruction period of, of lynching and hanging hanging people, because white people wanted to communicate to African-Americans, no, you cannot, you cannot have the same access I have. And if you try, we're going to kill you. So that violence, we are seeing in the thousand, thousand people who were killed last year by police and only one of them was charged. So that is the, the, uh, the, the underbelly of holding these benefits in place. And we didn't choose it, so no shame or blame. But we've inherited it and unconsciously are keeping it in place until we directly challenge it. Right. And are you with me? Because I just want to stop there before we go on to the next piece. Yes.
4: I just wanted to add, kind of deepening. Just to deepen a couple of things up there a little bit. The system has my back and reconstructing a racist system. Like the very measurements of what institutions, whether they're working or not, are set up for white people and white privilege and not... For
8: whether they're working for people of color,
2: right? Thank you, and and we can actually say the whole system really doesn't work for any of us, right? O- honestly, it doesn't because the very energies that give us this benefit are coming from the ignorant, deluded side of of the uh, uh, of our life, of rather of. Um, the internal construction of ourselves and those energies shut down the heart rather than open it so it doesn't serve any of us in the end so we unwittingly inherited these energies that because we inherited them unconsciously we play we we play out and and act out in all kinds of ways and we're bringing the the um, the mental factors on the other side of that of the other side of that list caring and awareness and generosity and compassion to this field to our inner field and then to how we relate to each other and then now we're going to transition into <coughs> how we take these energies of caring and compassion as allies into the field of racism and we have chosen some we have chosen some role plays as a way to begin to um, learn okay i want i want to be an ally in deconstructing racism and white privilege how do i do it so we have, um, we've given you. We're going to break you into groups. We are going to break you. No, that is such terrible English. We are, we're going to um, create groups, facilitate <laughs> 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 <Solute. laughs> groups, and and explore that. So, but before we transition, because we're going to transition. Um, Anything else that you feel needs to be voiced before we transition into a, the more active intervention? Yes. Um, I just
5: want to acknowledge that when often I talk... when I ...white people versus, not versus, but white people and African Americans, but I
4: just want to acknowledge that there's more races than those two. Um, and that's something that I'm, yeah, becoming more aware of that... Um, that there's more to dis- more to the discussion than just two races.
2: Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. And if we had if we had a retreat, a silent retreat where we did this every day, we explored more deeply every day an aspect of these dynamics, we could actually go more into the differences of of how racism is expressed across different um, peoples. So for now, Because we're so short of time, unfortunately, we have
5: to... uh, But thank you for that.
2: Anything else? Anything else important?
5: I I guess this is going to be poorly formed because it's something I'm grappling with a lot lately. Um, But I really appreciate your talking about the, the fact that so much of this is unconscious, so much of this is inherited. And I don't... Maybe for other folks, it doesn't need to be discussed more. But for me, when I so badly want to address racism and be part of the change of stopping in the cycle, I get really afraid when I see people who are not my enemy and I am not their enemy attacking each other for the way that they're talking about it, for being insensitive, for being unconsciously saying the wrong thing when you you know the whole intent uh, versus impact it's it's huge and and how you talk with each other about it i just don't, i don't feel like per, for me personally that there's enough discussion about how to how to confront this at the same time while caring for each other and understanding that each yeah. other's coming from unconscious places so yes. it's um for me that's a hard one and and it's a big for me, it's, it's a, a big silencer when people attack each other for their yes. unconscious racism. Thank you. you, know. Thank you.
2: And um, thanks for bringing it up. So I'd like to acknowledge the last piece that I knew I was missing and I didn't say. So, is it okay, co-facilitators, if I take a couple more minutes? I've seen... How I've seen inside myself is that there's this very vulnerable open being when I was young, when I was a baby. Those of you who have um, been, well, we've all probably been with babies, that kind of incredible openness and vulnerability. And then what happens, because of the amount of ignorance in life, There is wounding, and we all, in our own ways, have built the fences to protect ourselves against the wounding that we've experienced, whether it's been in families or schools or in this culture. The wounding of white privilege, because actually it wounds us as well as we've already named. And we take, to build that, we take like a little bird building a nest. I don't know if you've um. Any of you've had a bird building a nest under the eaves of where you're living, because they'll go out to you know the surrounding area and they'll pick little bits of material and bits of twig and bits of fluff from your dryer and, uh, after drying clothes, and they'll pick up all these things and weave this nest. That's very particular to the place where they are. We've built our identities in that way we've taken messages and built identities much of which has been built on the on this side has been built on this side we've taken things and built si- built identities based in self-judgment and blame and separation and constriction and when those things get touched, it's painful and we are immediately reactive. And just to say again, I don't think any of us are bad people, including myself. And I watch myself being reactive. And right now, it's, it's particularly true because I'm. Suzanne, uh, Suzanne uh, reminded me my mom died a few months ago. And it feels like I've integrated her death more, and yet I am just like that. You know, and it's like the grief has sort of opened up some of those defenses, and it's like that I'm touched, and it's like, (coughs) you know. We are all deeply vulnerable and defended, and either the vulnerability or the defense when it gets touched and we move into a reactivity that we wish, in retrospect, we hadn't. So I hear you saying, let's intentionally name that and hold that because we want to be respectful, right? We want to allow for the diversity of um, communications, and we also are holding kindness and caring as the um, uh, as the field in which we're asking ourselves to be accountable, right? So no judgment. So but I'm saying that because I this is no blame, no shame, because <coughs> this is how our identities have been constructed. So no blame, no shame that the disassembling of that identity into a heart that is undefended is difficult, raw, and full of messiness. So thank you for naming that. Thank you. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Are we going to do... I guess we're not going to do role play, right? We yes. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. You two are going to,
4: right? Oh, we're going to do, yeah. do a role play. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you have, and
3: you have the papers?
0: Yeah. Okay. We're going to do a role play for you. <laughs> in our we're doing one Imperfect and <laughs> skillful and skillful way. Just to uh, show you what it's like. We want to acknowledge that um, we all have different levels of doing this kind of work. Some of us have been to a lot of different trainings. We have different work that we do in the world. We have different levels of experience. Our Dharma practices are different too, how we have hold our Dharma practice. So um, we're just beginning where we are. And like Irina said, the way that we defend ourselves as good white people is a process of investigation and discovery for us, and that is why we want to offer these role plays to give you an opportunity to get in touch with maybe some things that you weren't that aware of or to be able to pay a little bit of attention to the reactivity or defenses that come up for you in this process but we're not going to force anybody to do a role play. <laughs> we have a, a specific way that we're going to do it. So we want to give you the opportunity to push yourself a little bit, but you don't have to.
4: Well, you don't have to, perf- you don't have to do it in front of the whole group, but you'll do it in a small group.
0: Yeah, at, after we go through this process, we are going to invite, we're going to divide up into maybe 12 groups, and we're going to invite a couple groups to come up, read the vignette or scenario, and then act out the role play. The best that you can.
4: (laughs) But within your small group, when you get your vignette, you all will talk it out and act it out just within your small group. So only groups that want to will do it in front of all of us, and we have a chance to practice making mistakes, practice how would we respond if we were in a situation like this. A lot of times we see stuff and we're like, "Mm, I don't know what to do. And we're trying to practice, and we practice with each other Right in service to this, so we can mis- make mistakes with each other and get feedback and support from each other. Because then we go out in the world and we say, "Okay, I'm going to say something." The next time I see it, something happen, I'm going to say something. But we got to get ourselves warmed up and practice together to be able to get there. Um, all right, so we're going to sloppily do one now. Is that what's going on? <laughs> yeah. So, okay, Arena and I are.
0: So this is the, we're just remembering what the role play is. The role play is that. Yes. um, Okay. So So what we're going to do is, uh, we're just remembering this. We're going, uh, two work peers are eating lunch together. One is a person of color, African-American woman. I'm going to play that person. And then the white work peer. And then the white supervisor comes up. And talks to both of them about a topic that's relevant to both, to both of us, but instead of addressing the comments to the person of color, talks directly to me without acknowledging um, the person of color. And then just a little bit of history is that there is a, this isn't the first time that the white supervisor has done that. <laughs> Je- like work friends. Yeah, Je- we have a relationship and yeah. a work relationship, so yeah. Okay. okay. Oh, so. hi. Uh, yeah, hey, really? Hi Jack.
2: Oh I'm and um Janice, hi, I'm so glad to see you. You know, I did want to tell you about the customer service um new information that came admin and there's some new guidelines and So, I'm so glad I've seen you because I've forgotten to let you know about Okay. So, um, yeah, important information to have.
0: Oh, um, well, it has an impact on Suzanne. (laughs) I'm wondering, (laughs) how do you want to share the information with us? Well,
2: oh, well, yeah, yes, yeah. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I think I'm going to drop all the folders off in your cubby hole
0: okay oh okay yeah.
4: mm-hmm. so just for just for him
2: no 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 i'll, I'll do you but yeah. yeah
0: oh okay all right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay well that was well done <laughs> Jeez. yeah
4: yeah not, not much new not much new there
0: yeah what did you observe or what what was that like
4: like every day. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, thanks for saying something.
0: Is there? (laughs) I know it wasn't very much, but (laughs) I'm wondering if the next time it happens, if there's a way that I could support you, or how? You tell me, what would be the most supportive thing to you? I don't want to take away your power for sticking up from you. I want you to have your voice. But if you would like me <laughs> to say anything, I'm ha- happy to support you.
4: Right. Well, it's not just supporting me, actually. Right. I mean, it's it's, it's not just it's not just about yeah. supporting me. I think either. I mean, sh- should we talk to her?
0: Um, yeah, I, th- I have noticed that she doesn't really like to. She doesn't really direct her attention to the s- staff that are people of color. She. Talks mostly to the white people.
4: Do you have a good relationship with her?
0: Not really. (laughs) She does talk to me, but I would be happy to go in and have more of a conversation with her. Should we go right now?
3: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Okay. 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 Are we gonna? Before
0: we go, though, would you? How do you want to start the conversation? Or do you have any idea?
4: I mean, I appreciate your allyship. I don't need to be the angry black woman here again. So okay. I can speak up and, you know, it's putting all the responsibility on you where it's, I'm here to do my job. I do my job. I'm here to do my job. If she just tells you everything and doesn't tell me anything. Yeah. So it's, it's about you too. You're right. not trying to have all the work, right?
0: No, no. Unless no. you want to do all my work. No, I don't want to. <laughs> 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 all right. Well, um, okay, let's go in. Okay.
4: Are we gonna
0: go? Are we? Are we done, or we're
4: done? Yes. Yeah. Oh,
0: we're done. Okay.
4: What do you know? I
2: think you should speak to me. Just okay. Bit. So you can see that this is a learning process. <laughs> we
0: don't know we haven't we don't really know practiced it. it. Okay. Um, well, knock, knock, knock. Come in. Hi. We, after you talked with, with us, we were talking about how. Well, I'll just say I felt a little bit uncomfortable because I was noticing that. And so I wanted to get your permission to talk about it oh, great. together with um, Suzanne, because it yeah. seemed like it yeah. affected both of us. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was feeling uncomfortable that when you um, come up often during lunch and talk to <laughs> us, <laughs> 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 that um, you just are, your eye contact is mostly at me, and you're just... talking directly to me, but Suzanne is sitting there, too. We have the same job, and I was just wondering, what's up with
2: that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to make this easy. Okay. Oh, I didn't notice I was doing that. Thank you for letting me know. Oh. I didn't realize I was doing that.
1: Well,
0: thank
2: Thank you. Thank you for letting me know one
0: response right? do you want to say anything anything you I mean want? I'm like I
4: want to I'm like uh so I'm going to just say it's so it's awkward I'm playing a person of color I have no idea right I don't know what the person of color in this position is actually going to do so I'm just going to name how awkward that is for me okay right I'm going to say that to you all because you all are my allies and I'm doing this role play here um and I'm like I don't know what I'm going to say to her Right? Like, is that a good enough answer? She didn't know? What does it mean? Like, what? Is, she never noticed it before? What, what does that mean? Is
0: she in the room? She's
4: not in the room. Oh, I'm okay. like, what? <laughs> we're putting a pause. I'm doing a pause. You guys can do this in your role plays too, right? Like, it's like we're trying to practice and muddle through, but th- she didn't notice she was doing it? Does she, did she get that the reason we're bringing it up is because I'm black and you're white, and that's what we think is going on?
0: I don't know what she got. I think we need to continue the conversation with her a little bit more. And uh, I mean, I, the first thing I did was just get permission to have the yeah, conversation. Yeah, um, <laughs> Which she was open to. And uh,
4: I mean, we could see what happens. And if it happens again, we have an entryway. Yeah. Or we could say something else again now. Um, As the supervisor.
0: <laughs> yes.
2: As the supervisor, my feeling is that was a good beginning. More
1: than that might be too much You don't, you don't have your money.: <laughs> Anyway, so that
0: is sort of an idea. so we're going to give you the, the vignettes. There, I think there'll be four or five people in a group. Give you a chance to read the vignette out loud for four people, and then have a discussion about it from the different perspectives of the people that are in the vignette. And then we want you to take roles and do a role play together. And then you could see how it goes. You could stop. You could kind of stop. You could stop any place like we did. Check you could in. say, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. I'm feeling this way. I mean, we want you to use this as a practice um, because we are in a Dharma setting. And we want to use our Dharma for the practice. And then we'll just come back in a group. And then we're going to ask for... A few groups to go into the middle and do the role plays. And then with your permission, we're going to talk about it I in the group. Sorry, sorry. Okay.
2: I, I just noticed a little bit of discomfort. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, I want to say how important it is to take it from the sort of listening internal phase to actually acting it out. And I know... It's uncomfortable and there's something about creating that neural pathway of intervention this is the safe place to do it rather than outside where there isn't support and feedback yeah so this is the good place to try it on and make a mistake and then get feedback from the room so that we're all learning together
0: so just take a moment and notice what it is that you are feeling as we enter this process. Maybe you're feeling like, I'm sorry that I came here today. <laughs> <laughs> or that you don't belong, or that you, you're you sure that you will make a mistake, or that someone else should do it, or anything, or you have a tacit, ingre- tacit agreement with your friends to not talk about this stuff out loud. So... Just notice what you're feeling, and now we're going to begin. So just take a moment, and we'll... So we are going to ask people to move into groups.
3: Yeah. How should we do it, though? One, two, three, four, one, two, three. Can we number off so we mix ourselves up? It has to be 12. Off, so to be 12. To be 12. Okay.
4: okay, so, we so
0: we're counting
4: that? off one to 12.
0: Oh, good idea.
4: So can, if maybe start here count
0: one to 12. Okay. So we'll just do one over here, and then you...
4: Find each other. We'll you just it. have to Maybe
0: space
2: one two three Actually, no, four thank you for five that. So
4: six So we, bri- we have that other, bri- those two rooms over there one that has our that names on it, and then the one next and to it. How many minutes people? we all come back Say to. 20 minutes? Um, uh, um no, I think.
2: no, I think, yeah.
4: We we have an hour to do this. Oh, okay,
2: yeah. Let's 20 take, minutes. I mean, so
3: let's, let's say 15, 15? and 15. we'll
4: come and check back. Yeah. If you need more, we'll give you five more. Try to do it in 15.
0: But talk and then actually do the role play, and then talk afterwards.
4: Is
6: that okay?
0: Here's the role play. And then,
4: yeah, fifteen, and then we'll go. So we'll go find them.
0: let do
3: you Okay.
2: I know
0: it's a myth. And then we could ask them if they're open to.
4: Right, because we can start
3: now. Yeah.
4: Well, is there any group that knows that they would like to share their role play? Group 11. Group 11? 11. Great. So, and anybody else, any other group that would like to share? Maybe
0: one. Maybe one.
4: Is, that, is group number one willing?
0: We're hoping to do three role plays.
4: But so group number 11 is for sure. Group number one is possible. Possible. Any other groups? One. One. Does that seem...
0: Okay, we'll and just And then see... any
4: other groups? We would... <laughs> Eight would do it? Okay, okay, perfect. Beautiful, okay. Um, so maybe 11 is going to start. They can use that.
0: So group 11 so group eleven could come up here, and um, you could do the role play, and then you could take a few minutes to talk about what that was like for you. And then we'll proceed after that.
8: Are we reading the thing first?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. So do you want to use, use the mic? Do you want us to use the mic? Yeah, just for accessibility, I think it's yeah. good. Yeah. The uh, This is
14: uh, Who's next please yeah, Okay let's have I a look register, uh, I'm sorry what, I don't quite understand what you're saying
8: What do you need from me
14: um I, I don't think I've got all you, the details to register you I'm afraid. Can uh, you can you just wait by the side please? Uh, what do you need from me? I just need a few extra numbers but I I, I, okay, I
8: tell, tell me exactly cuz I'm confused.
14: Yeah, I I I can't I can't understand you. I'm afraid can you just wait to can the I side? Um yeah, can I just serve the next yeah. person? Is that okay? No, yeah, you yeah. can please. come yeah. forward? Yeah, yeah. yeah. come yeah. forward. Yeah. Maybe we could help yeah, I was just trying to get on and get the queue moving, yeah, you know. I don't
9: understand right? what the problem is. Maybe we can we we, we um, yeah, well you, you can help. We
14: understand what's Yeah, well, there just, make just make seems to be a few you problems with for the for details, you know. Right there, you know. Oh, is it? <laughs> oh, okay, no problem. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't quite understand. I'm just, yeah. Um, it's just it's just the name and the detail, of the course. Um, just quite a lot of details, That's really.
3: My <laughs> That's my true name. Yeah, is it? Yeah. And what other
14: details? Um, the 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 course. Right here? Um, yeah, yeah. Are you, are you okay there? Yeah, my name's right there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. You have a list
8: of people registered.
14: Uh, on the list? Um. You. I don't think you're I'm down. No, Should we, we move on
7: with the line? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
14: Well.
6: Should I just go home? Am <laughs> I
7: not welcome
14: here? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, not. I've, I'm not saying that, but like, if you're next,
6: like, first person.
7: <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. So no, no, no. So oh. how was that? Talk about your experience.
14: Yeah. It felt horrible because <laughs> that's just not in my nature to do that to like anyone of whatever color or I don't know gender or whatever it's just not in my nature I come from a customer service background so I'm always very <laughs> I am and so to do that was just really out of my comfort zone totally and it yeah it felt weird It just felt very weird to do it for me um, and slightly uncomfortable for me to do it. But good to do it, to be able to see that people do do that, and I know they do do that. Do you know what I mean? And Yeah. But, yeah, it was uncomfortable, yeah.
9: I I think you know how I felt.
8: (laughs) (laughs) I chose to be the person of colour in this role because when we practised it, I was a bystander, and I kept getting really pissed off because I knew it was about racism. That was my, that was my um, perspective. So, being able to be in the role of the person of color, um, I wanted to ask questions to clarify to myself: Is this what I'm really perceiving? Is this what's really happening? Tell me exactly what the problem is. Um, so that's kind of.
9: This was our third round doing it. The first two um, were more complicated. I think we've gotten a little more practice. Uh, I would just say there were two very different philosophies, and we didn't reach an agreement on them in any of our three rounds, which was should the people in line directly confront the person who's probably being racist and call it out, or should they try to sort of calm down the person who's being racist, help the person of color get through the line, and then maybe deal with the situation with the supervisor or elsewhere? Um so that was an unanswered question we ran into in our trial runs, and we didn't answer it this time either.
11: <laughs> yeah, that was the we. Yeah, it went round and round with that uh, whether to help the person uh, that was the racist or the person of color. Uh, and I felt as a registrar, one time I was the registrar, and it felt really good to have somebody come cut the line. It's like it felt like an ally or something like a. I, I got to admit that that. I could feel that. That yes, felt good. Yes. Oh, good. Oh, we'll yeah. help you.
9: <laughs> I this is too, the yeah. <laughs> uh, there is something I would like to add. That I think when the registrar was connected with on their level in terms of this must be difficult for you or this must be frustrating, yeah. that both the people that felt that were relieved. So to me, that was an inroad to solving the dilemma in the moment. I wasn't trying to personally focus on either one. I was just trying to diffuse it, even though I was focused on the registrar, because I thought that was the most effective place to enter into the, the conflict. So.
13: I'm trying to bite my tongue. I'm just sitting here thinking these would be much more effective if they hadn't been rehearsed. Because in real life, they're not going to be rehearsed. And you've had time to sort of rehearse and think things over. Pardon? I think we're still rehearsing. Right. No, I I get that. But I I would just like to see them raw. I don't
9: know. That's just me. Okay. Thank you. Anyone else?
8: I just, I just had a question that I don't know if anybody in this room can answer. But you brought up the, the dilemma of, you know, which is a better way to do it, to, to confront the situation later and just try to get through the line, or to, um, um, directly confront the person being racist. and And my question is, how, which approach would be more supportive of the person of color? Right. right. And, and I don't know.
0: Yeah,
13: that's what we couldn't. That's what yeah. we we're trying to figure out. It, it, yeah,
0: anyway. That's a great question to that, keep in mind.
8: So, my question just was dovetailed, which to you in the role play, what, felt, what would have felt best to you? I was drawn to the person
1: to and... So, when they, right, at,
8: and in the role play as you did it a here. register,
1: I felt when I was confronted, I, I got dug in.
11: And I could feel that I could really feel like I had to defend yeah. my position when somebody uh, came on in a more compassionate way, like you know, it and tried to connect with me. I felt a little, a little softer about it. And it was, it was more able. Felt like I was more yeah. willing to resolve it somehow.
8: So I was just wondering in, the, in this role play here, like as they were doing it, would it have felt would it have felt better to you in your role as a person of color if they. When they intervened for you, or would it have felt better to you in this role if they had just said if they had confronted the registrar? Uh, personally, I, I I would like to be seen. I'd okay. like this to be verified that yeah. yes, I'd like my perspective of this being a racist insta- incident
3: hmm. be
8: seen by others
1: and to be supported. You're not just have Correct. It's
3: not just about. okay Lucky. another
0: possible explanation could be that the registrar is learning disabled and has a hard time understanding um, someone with a heavy accent
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay. but
0: uh, just just to say that there's not I mean, I think part of being white sometimes is wanting to know the right thing to do that will work, and there's so many different ways of approaching each situation, and this exerc- the exercise is more to give you the experience of going with your best thinking and seeing what happens.
1: Yeah, we need the mic.
8: We found this in our group also, that there's assumptions that get made on everyone's part. And so what it, it's so important to, to, to wonder with rather than just assume what some things are, are, are about. Well, just like it, one option was that the person was learning disabled as opposed to being a racist. And so um, to, to just kind of wonder what's, what's happening here rather than make assumptions that we do in, in everyday life.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah, that's great. And we're practicing around white privilege and racism. Yeah, I, I just so, started. yeah.
3: yeah.
2: And, And I actually want to just sort of add something, which is um, assume that in these scenarios, racism is being acted out, and that's why we're doing them. Just that that's the assumption, yeah.
11: Vignette number eight, at the end of a retreat, you are in a small group of people... Talking after a retreat, a white man in the group turns toward another member of the group, a black man, and asks, Where are you from? The black man responds, Ethiopia. The white man asks, Do you go visit family there? And the black man responds, Yes, my mother, sister, and many family members live there. The white man responds, I would never go to Africa, it's so dangerous.
13: All right. <laughs> so uh so uh, you know I noticed you're not uh you're not you're not from here. Where are you from? Um, I'm from Ethiopia. So so your your family's there? Uh, yes.
11: Yes, my family lives there.
13: <laughs> uh You you go you go back there a lot?
11: Uh on occasion, yes.
13: Uh, you know, I just, I just can never imagine traveling there. It's just such a violent place. You know, I just heard the other day that, like, Al-Shabaab just, like, like kidnapped a school. Oh, Notice
10: what did you, you are saying? Mike, Mike. Are you noticing what you are saying, your words, that you talking to somebody from Ethiopia?
13: What do you mean? What I'm saying? I mean, it's just you hear it on the news every day. Like it's just it's a people get shot there all the time.
8: Hey, um, Joel, are you doing okay? This is, you know, a really kind of hot topic, so I just want to check in.
11: Uh, I I feel okay. Yes, um, I think that um, my experience of Ethiopia is very different from what you're describing. Of
10: course, you're talking about. The- utopia from uh, the news. This is not what we know about the world. The news is something different. Do you want to hear the news about the U.S.? And <laughs> hear the news about the U.S. in different, pe- in different what, countries. What
13: do you mean? I, I walk around the U.S. all the time. I feel totally I feel safe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a white guy.
10: Yeah, I see. I see. We are whites, of course. You know, um, I'm really
8: curious about Ethiopia because I think, Patrick, as you said, you, t- you talked about Africa, which is like a whole continent. So Ethiopia is obviously one place in Africa, and then you come from one place in Ethiopia. So I'm really curious about it. Can you tell us something about it?
11: My home is, is, is quite wonderful. Um, I feel, I you know, like many places in the world, there's, there's places of danger and places of safety, and I love my home. Um, when I come here to the United States, I sometimes feel unsafe as well.
13: Yeah, I mean, I, I, guess, I guess that makes sense. I guess you know, I, I can kind of think about it like that. You know, I'm thinking that if I went to Africa, you know, I'd, 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 I'd feel unsafe. And, and you're saying that you have a similar experience coming to America. Uh, you, know, you know, now that you talk about that, that actually makes a surprising amount of sense. <laughs>
8: you know, I'm from New York City and like a lot of people don't want to go to New York City but it's like my home and I love it and people think of it as really violent so I just think we need to be really careful about our language.
10: <laughs> you want talk about your I, I want to say that I feel so reactive too. <laughs> to this guy, and I just wanted to punch him. <laughs> That's why I didn't want to talk. Yeah, so it was difficult for me to... And I noticed that I was leaving aside uh, you, your presence, and I really appreciate you coming and recovering him, because I just wanted to <laughs> go against him, yeah.
8: I um, realized that... So this was also the third time we did this through, and, and we changed roles, so that was kind of interesting. But um, I noticed that I wanted to rescue Patrick like the first time I did it. And I wanted to confront him, but confront him in a way that it would be okay and I wouldn't be really calling him out. And, um, and so this time I tried to use a little bit more direct language. So that was interesting to see how I could change the language that I used.
13: Yeah, I mean, I, I play this role because I, I felt like I kind of knew it a little bit. Like, I grew up with people who very much represented that type of character and, and, and was surrounded by them. And it's like, you know, coming from a place where you just assume that it's, that's what it is. That's the way the world is. That's the way it's always. You Like, you don't never reframe your point of reference. And I think I think when they, when like, you participated in a way that, like, caught, caught me off guard, like it became harder to respond. Like when I don't have a canned respond to it, it's a response to it anymore, and like I actually have to like think. And it's like, oh, you know, it's like that stuttering was kind of real because it was like, yeah, I don't. You're right. Like I don't have a canned response. There's no lyric that I remember from growing up that like says, "What do I say then?" Especially the New York part. It's like, like this is a guy who probably wants to go see the Statue of Liberty. You know, like at some point, like yeah, like right. there's right there parts of New York he doesn't want to go to. Like he will feel that way there.
11: So when we first did this, there were um, there were a couple of issues that came up. One was do do um, for the, the the targeted person, you know how how to um, check in or whether or not to check in, um, and then the other issue was around um, what was it? Sorry,
8: kind of having a longer discussion about race. It's like, do we really want to? Does that person really have to be subjected? <laughs> to our white folks trying to untangle this among ourselves. Um, so we kind of made the assumption that the three of us were white and this one person was from Africa. And so that was kind of one of the questions I had was, do they really need to have to sit and listen to us, like, decide, like, you know, what's discriminatory and what's racist and what isn't? So that was kind of one question that came up.
11: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so to that end, we talked a little bit about there's a responsibility to for, for the white folks to... Um, work uh, on the system of oppression, of racism, um, and in terms of um, addressing the person who's targeted to actually ask, you know, to be curious about that. I think that seemed like the the learning around that. And Then I guess we had this last-minute role change just now. So, so it was uh, to, to play the, the targeted person. You know, one thing I noticed was that um, when, when I was asked if I was okay, you know, I, f- I felt a little bit like, well... I don't know, but I'm going to say yes. You know, I am going to say yes, you know, and because I don't want to rock the boat right now and I'm feeling a little bit freaked out. So
0: yeah. Do we do we want to take a couple comments or Yes, I think we should. Anybody have any Yeah,
12: just kind of um Stepping back to mention um, really briefly the dynamic in our uh, role playing group where there are three white people and a person of color um, approaches, and one of the um, people says to the person of color, Hey, what's the black position on like those black women being kicked off the train in Napa? You know? And so then in our immediate role play, the person playing the black woman had a very, you know, angry response, aggressive response, To so it's immediately like there's a... And then the questions that we began to ask and explore are, does someone even want an ally? What does ally mean? Is it patronizing? Is someone trying to to rescue? Um, you know, though there, there were different questions about that, and also what came up for me is... Um, it feels like an absolute, which we haven't named here, but to me just feels inseparably joined with this conversation, is skillful communication and nonviolent communication. There are specific skills and methods. So when people use language like confronting this person, et cetera, what I'm noticing that feels very significant is each individual who's played the registrar or played the the person asking the kind of ignorant question is, it really helped me not to be attacked it really helped for me to be questioned and then I could actually think and reflect and there's some opening instead of, you racist, like, I'm not really clear how constructive that is. So um, those are just some comments and reflections. I think it'd be nice if it were 10 in the morning because I feel like we're really, this is the the meat of it, I think, are these conversations. And yes, yes.
9: Would you three talk a little bit about White Savior Complex and how that plays in here? Kind of the idea that I'll let you three talk. Are you Are familiar with it? I'll say a couple words, I guess, and then I'm sure you'll know the concept. White Savior Complex is the idea that um, you, as an enlightened white person, are going to step in as a champion and save the day. You're going to be the one to step in on behalf of... Mm-hmm. Underprivileged groups, and you are the one mm. that's going to save the day and be thanked for it, mm. and that's problematic in a bunch of ways. And I think it would be great to talk about because I see it coming up
0: here. So your question is, how how would we work with that when it comes up, or if,
9: if you could just talk about how that becomes problematic? I don't know. I mean, it's just it,
2: it's a thing that comes up. in Yeah, it it does, and you know, and you're right, and you're right. I I would love to invite you all back for another day because this is such a little bit of going deeper and deeper and deeper and we could say that the next time is just for people who've already had the first class because we've done a number and so we could go deeper and go go into some of your questions because... They're really important questions. And, of course, we would love to respond to them. And, yes, yes, we have to always be conscious of um, continuing the dynamic of entitlement in our interventions, yes. And it's messy and we'll make mistakes, but mostly um, when we're working in... um, in longer-term relationships, my experience is that the people of color on my team give me feedback right away when I slip into that dynamic. So they let me know pretty quickly. Um, I, we all have different styles, and I want to say that I'm not scared about naming white privilege. So, for example, in the last, um, in the last scenario, I could have imagined myself saying, in maybe a joking way, yes, us white people are always scared of black people. We think they're violent. Like there's different ways of naming the dynamic that is acknowledging, oh yeah, that's us. You know, that's what we do. You know, and it's not so much about being aggressive towards one person because whoever is the person being racist in the scenario is expressing something that's living inside of us. So it's about all of us, and I think when we remember that, it really makes a difference. And how difficult it is to remember that, because I've noticed in my own development that as I've become more educated around being white, how easy it is for me to separate myself from other people who are being racist, like, oh, they're the racist people, and I'm the good person. And actually, I watch myself after many years make mistakes over and over again. So just like in the ways I sometimes catch my mind and and notice, wow, that was really negative, Irina, I notice how... Those conditionings come out. So it's very much about all of us, you know. And if we remember that, that it's like, oh, here's me forgetting for a moment. And, you know, and just wanting to say, no, I don't want to deal with you. I can't understand you. Or here's me forgetting that sometimes I'm scared, you know, or I have been scared going you know when I think about Africa I mean not in that this particular case I'm not but sometimes when I w- I just was in Cape Town with my mom and and yes I walk when I walk alone in a particular area, I notice fear coming up. So yes that's me too.
0: Can, um, that's I think a really good thing to remember is, It feels like we're static, like we don't change. But there really is an evolution in our white identity development. There's an arc. And as we do the practice, how we see a a situation and how we respond changes. So everything that we do, all the mistakes that we make, become the fodder for being able to hold a, a situation in a completely different way from a different perspective, and maybe next time be a little bit more skillful. But sometimes it feels like, oh, we're just stuck and we're never going to change. It's like, oh, I just can't do this. And we do change. We're changing every moment, So, and in this work, too.
4: Sharing little bits about kind of we had just a few minutes to just say
0: okay what of this is Oh do you want to put um, this down
4: to say um just kind of how we continue with this put work. This um this so down. I'm just gonna say something and then I think you had something you were gonna describe there. Okay. But we can you scoot it back yes. so it's not in the way. Um I think just I'm just noticing I'm noticing it in myself, like oh gosh, you know, we have 20 more minutes together. There's so much more to do. We're not going away with the answer. I think Baruch said that before. And we, and I guess I just want to name that. I can, I can feel that urgency. It's something that happens to me all the time. I want to leave and I want to know, oh gosh, well, this didn't make, I don't, still don't know what to do. And you know what? I still don't know what to do either. Right. I mean, I, I started doing this work when I was 18 consciously. I'm 47 years old. Like I still don't know what to do. So that's not the goal. And I just think I want to say that, right? That like this is a lifelong journey. It's a day to day, like moment by moment choice, right? The privilege comes without me doing anything at all. So there's, it's a moment to moment choice. I can't give it back, but you know, how can I be responsible because I have it moment to moment? And and so I kind of was sitting here feeling that urgency in myself and being like, you know what? I'm glad you all want more, right? I'm like, I'm going to just reframe it to that. Like we want to walk away having known something great. Like walk away with that desire. We want to know more. We want to do better. I mean, there were some articles that we put out for folks to read. If anybody didn't read them before, there's, there's some really good ones to read. And, um, and I think I just would say three, like I think three or four tools that we've mentioned today that I just want to say again. And then I think arena has a few things, but just, so the tools that we've brought around today, that we've practiced today, so dwelling in those wholesome qualities, dwelling in the beautiful qualities, can you see how it can be really helpful when things get dicey to go back to that? That's a place to just ground, right? So like that, these communication agreements actually function really well in the world, right? Like they're not just for here. So so a lot of them can really like this intent versus impact or take space, make space as a white person. Hello, like how much space do I talk? How much time do I talk? So these I think are really important tools. And then Arena was talking about turning towards the, the broken places within us with care. Like so that kind of body-based practice. Um, and then just our meditation practice in general is also supportive, grounding to us. So I'm just going to name those as four tools that we've practiced with today. And then you've got a little bit more to say, too. Oops. Oh. I'm coming on? No, no, I
3: am.
1: I feel our caring, I, that's what we're really doing,
2: we're saying we care, and I just want to acknowledge that and how beautiful that is, and uh, um, to bow down to it, and that we are caring not for ourselves, um, that in this work we're saying, I want to care for those who because of where I've been born, I am still impacting negatively because I'm in a learning process, I'm a student, and I want to address that. We all we all will find different ways to address it. And where the, for the guideline for me is wherever you see racism is where you address it. That's wherever you see it. And it is that there's some places that impact us more than others. So my parents were in jail, and many of my community were in jail growing up. And so the prison system, the prison industrial complex, impacts me all the time. The racism of it. And so that's where I do a lot of my work as an ally is around that, and you know, with different communities who already organise like critical resistance and occupy for prisoners and children and families for prisoners, and there are many different organisations. There, there are uh, places for you in all your lives where for sure racism is operating because it's operating everywhere. And so it's like, where do I do this work of learning? And the best teaching is by stepping in. The best teaching is by stepping in as a white person, wherever you find it, however clunky you are, even with the savior complex, because stepping in is better than not stepping in. And that, you know, and we step in in different ways. So, for example, when my parents were in prison, my parents' families, my grandparents and my mother's sisters and brothers were too nervous about taking care of us because we were being watched by the secret police. And so different people stepped in to take care of us. I'm just saying there are different ways to step in to support activism. And we find, we find for ourselves where that particular calling is. Because it's a war because thousands of people are being killed directly and indirectly because of white privilege, it feels important to step in, however we do it. So I want to say that. No, not with blame, not with shame, but in the field of caring. And so then I want to talk about this because I want to acknowledge that oppression and... Um, and privilege, which which are difficult conditions to live with, trigger deluded responses. That our conditioning triggers hopelessness, or paralysis, or wanting to turn away from the situation. That is how it works. It isn't because we individually or personally are failures. It's because that is the lawfulness of the response to oppression and privilege. Because they come, because they are relationships that come from unknowing mental blindness and uncaring. Delusion is the opposite of caring. And when someone is pissed off with you or doesn't care about you or doesn't acknowledge your experience, we move into similar reactions in response. And what is liberating and transforming is noting that and then responding differently, right? right. Isn't that the epitome of like, the deepest empowerment? So when Martin Luther King was in jail and he said the arc of history is towards freedom, he was in jail when Mandela was in jail, when Aung San Suu Kyi, San Suu Kyi, San Suu Kyi was in um, t- 13 years of house arrest, I'm just saying that in those conditions of oppression, those people went from this response to this response, which is, I care. And when hopelessness arrived or paralysis or the energy of turning away, it was like, oh, I'm in delusion. Whenever that arises, we, n- we can name it as, oh, I'm in delusion. It feels real that it's hopeless, but it is a misperception and a concealing of the real nature of the situation. Hopelessness and paralysis are always an expression of delusion and ignorance. Caring means, in particular, how do I bring awareness to where I find myself? And the the first step is I'm in delusion. The second step is to drop the thinking around it. I mean, look at who's in the Senate and House. Look at our president. What can I do? Drop the thinking, right? Feel the feeling of hopelessness or despair or forget it. This is the only workshop I'm doing. I'm never coming back. (laughs) Feel that feeling. Just, oh, here's this feeling. That was really hard, and I don't want to do it again. Oh, hi, resistance or high uh, um, irritation or pissed off or high defendedness. Hi, I'm, d- I'm right here. Drop into the body. Where is it living, that feeling? Dropping into the body. Feeling it in the body is a sensation. Go to a neutral anchor. Notice your breath or the sound. And then notice how you see it, perceive it differently. Because what happens is that when we're connected then with the caring or with compassion or with just awareness, we actually begin to understand the situation differently because our sense of rootedness and empowerment in connection with our own, conditioned feelings emotions builds the bridge to oh no i can i am in i'm in direct connection with this incredible movement that hasn't come together for a long time that is in resistance to oppression i feel the force and solidarity of it i feel our caring I feel the power of that caring, especially when it's expressed. And so it's not that the external situation is ever hopeless, because it never is. It is rather how we're perceiving it. And privilege, privilege is blind, and that's why we began the day with that. Privilege is blinding. It doesn't perceive reality as it actually is. So when there's caring and a willingness and an openness which you all brought to this room, in that energy, rooted in that energy, comes the different relationship to what's going on so that we can understand it when Martin Luther King says the arc of history is towards freedom. Or Mandela, or Archbishop Romero, or Berta Caracas in Honduras, even when she knew she was going to be killed, and the hundreds of activists in Haiti and Honduras who've been killed. But none of them have ever said the h- situation is hopeless. So that's a take a picture of it on your phones and keep looking
1: at it. Okay, so we're going to end with a, just a
0: few minutes of meta practice. So not yet. We'll just do. We don't have much time for meta, but we'll do a little bit. <laughs> a little bit of meta is powerful. <laughs> So, I mean, metta is the practice of cultivating wholesome feelings and abandoning unwholesome feelings. So, it's a great practice to do. So, just allowing your eyes to close, your body to be still and quiet. Metta was... uh, foundational practice the Buddha taught and he taught it as being so powerful that it could transform our thoughts, behaviors, and actions. So focusing on your breathing, just breathing normally and naturally. Seeing the activity of your mind and directing your
1: attention to the breath in and the breath out. Opening up to sensations in the body, especially in the chest area
0: and in the heart. Feeling what sensations are present. Allowing what's there to go. Perhaps it's, if it's helpful, you can put your hand over your chest. and feeling the sensation there.
1: And when you're ready, bringing to mind
0: someone who it's easy for you to see the good in. Or feel love towards that person. Or if it's easy for you to see the good in yourself, a beautiful quality, just bringing that image of yourself or that person
1: in mind. Perhaps imagining a smile on the face of the person or yourself.
0: Maybe surrounded by things that make you feel peaceful and happy. So regardless of what you feel <laughs> in this moment, remembering that metta is really a practice of The intention to cultivate goodwill and warmth for yourself
1: and others. Just quietly repeating these phrases to yourself.
0: May I be healthy.
1: May I be happy. May I be safe
0: and free from harm.
1: May I feel ease in this life. May I be healthy.
0: happy, safe,
1: and live with ease.